welcome to a very special episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your hosts, Adam Thorne and Mark Hampton. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. Hello and welcome to our second very special edition of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. So special. So special. Why is this one so special? Bill Burr's fucking comedy special came out. Bill Burr, and baby. Gotta talk about it. Yeah, man. Come on. So good. Right after Chappelle, tackling the same sort of thing. Now, are they tackling? They, you know, is it like this cance- culture canceling focus because that's the funniest thing at the moment? Mm-hmm. Or is it just fucking important to talk about? It's important, I think. And funny. I think it is. But it's, I think it's very important. It's got to be done. Otherwise, every comedian that exists is going to be either fired from SNL or uh, completely closed down like Roseanne and just kicked out of the back door right. and there'd be nobody left. They, they, they chose some warriors. These guys. They did. And they stood up and, and, and they went for you know, it. These guys also went through the... Uh, Burr and Chappelle went through the fire. This other asshole at SNL, he had, what, what had he done? So all he could do was throw out racial epithets. Fuck that guy. You're going to get a shot on the biggest goddamn stage if that's all you can do. Prove yourself other ways, what, man. Prove yourself other ways. What did, yeah, what did he do? He just I used, didn't even look into use, that. Uh, Asian epithets, you know, just talking, you know, just you know, racial slurs for about Asians. He used it a couple times. So and uh, in in stand up or on a podcast, like uh, I think both, definitely on oh. a podcast. So it, well, look, you got to at least make it funny. That's my gotta, role. Got to make it funny. If it's not funny, just, and it's just racist, it just comes off as being not, a bully. That's not cool. It just comes off as being a bully, and there's no cleverness. There's no creative creativity there. Nothing. You know, it's like it, mm. he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. Being able to drop. You know, homophobic slurs and racial slurs just to be sh- for shock value. That's nothing. And Patton Oswalt, who's great comedian, um, w- incredibly well respected um, amongst his peers, among from from everyone. Everyone loves that guy. He came out against this about against this SNL dude, and he said the exact same thing I just said. That's where I got it. It's like you, you're not subversive, you're not edgy, you're just kind of an asshole because it's not funny. You're just throwing and and again, you haven't proven yourself. So that's the diff. That's the difference. Bill Burr has proven himself. Chappelle's proven himself. Yeah, but I also think that whether they have or not, if they just were not being funny on a podcast and just saying some like weirdly homophobic or racist shit, right. that wouldn't go over well. But they wouldn't do it. They don't. No, they wouldn't. They don't talk like that. That's not a thing that they that they would talk. Okay, so that's an interesting. Um, uh, that's yeah. different, you know. And it, in a way, look, I knew I should have looked into it because we were going to talk about it. But fuck it, I knew you would have looked at it. And also, I like to sometimes come in with just a little bit of a perspective on some issues because I'm like, okay, let's let this unfold in the moment, and then I'll figure out how I feel about of it. I saw. So David Spade has a show, right? And I don't, and I saw a clip of it. And so Jim Jeffries was on with Bill Burr, and they were kind of sticking up for this dude. But what I was hearing, kind of what they were talking about, is in a way they were almost sticking up 
for themselves and all other comics and uh-huh. just making the point that listen you can't go through 10 years or 20 years of my stand-up and then pick something and then fuck me over because shit changes that is true and that that i do think is reasonable. yeah but this dude said it in like may well, yeah, that's why I that's why I just said that. Oh, right, yeah. I think that that what they're doing is sticking up for themselves more than they're doing sticking up for that dude. Technically, oh, totally. I mean, yeah. If you did it, if you did it last week, if you wore blackface last year, like Trudeau, <laughs> you can't be like that was forty years ago. I mean, you can't. You can't like if the time you did it was like, well, that was still fucked up then, you dummy, right. You don't have a lot of an excuse. I'm sure they forgive him and everyone will pass that over. But of course, because he's really good think looking. Think how, honestly, though, yeah, but think how many people that would destroy in yeah. today's culture. Like, if he survives that, I'm like, wow, he's he fucking, he knows how to do it. He knows how to apologize real quick. Well, he'll, with those big brown eyes, he'll just look into the camera and say, sorry, eh? And that'll be uh, Did, and 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 everybody like, oh my god, he's really sincere. I think he means it. I kind of came. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. That's all we'll go. Did did he didn't he do this like four or five times though? That's what know. I think cracks me up. I'm like, is this your thing? Dude? I don't know. I like, hope not. Jesus Christ, Jesus, man, Ugh. so much is fucked in in this our neck of the woods. I I, I don't even have the energy to start thinking about other people's shit. <laughs> yeah, we can't worry about Canada. Not Let's at relax, all. So. Not the... Good luck, Canada. You know what? We'll leave the other uh, Joe Rogan review people to, yeah, they to can... deal with that. They're, they're all Canadians. They're on they can, Trudeau they can Patrol. This one. They can handle Trudeau. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> I, I wonder where they stand with that. I have to check in. Mm. So, obviously, Bill was on Rogan um, last week on Podcast 1348. Yep. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have him on. Bill rants well. And he gets into it. And, it. and it's a real conversation. It's not like two guys. You, you know, Bill doesn't feel the need to force being funny. People know he's that. fucking funny. I love that. So he just, he just talking. You know, they, they, uh, and I love their old comedy talks just about like what it was like coming up. And that stuff's important, at least for Mark and I, I because, you know, we, we, do stand-up we want to do stand-up we want to get better at it so it's learning the route and and the road right. of these pros super beneficial and and joe mentions early on in the podcast that he he basically became a headliner a little bit too soon mm. i think he acknowledged that and he and he had some people that were kind of open for him that would do a lot better and then he had the bomb and then there was this college that like switched the order they, they kind of put him in the middle uh-huh. and uh, you know he understood he was like all right yeah i got gotcha. you uh, i i think that that's like a, a bit of a dangerous trap as well you definitely don't want to get ahead of yourself in in that business certainly not i would say what would you do if if somebody if okay so think of the last show that you did mm-hmm. the venice show yeah the backyard what is it called? Basics? Backyard Basics. Best show in LA. There we Shout go. Out. Yeah. It, well, it, it's very good. Yeah, it's I love very that good. Show. Best show in LA is, uh, is, is a strong statement, but it's very good. Well, Definitely the best show in Venice. We're working with, on the rest of it. Without a doubt, the best show in Venice. <laughs> mm. Dude, honestly, the townhouse has some pretty bullish shows. 
True, true. But this one, this one was exceptionally good, and and the the, the comedians are getting a lot stronger right. now. Let's say that it continues that way, and they're getting stronger and stronger, and you're still on the board. If they're like, right, you're going to headline this next one. Uh-huh. Is there ever a point where you're like, okay, hold on a minute? Like, how do you even gauge it? Because isn't the point of what we're doing is to get to that point? True. And a lot of times we throw ourselves in the deep end. So how would you know? It I mean, just seems like a tough one to gauge. You, uh, if you are offered a headlining spot in a show as a comedian, uh, you're an idiot to say no. I don't care. Even and you can look back and go, oh, I probably was too young. I probably started headlining too early. Um, tough. You take the abats. That's how I look at it. It's like getting called up to the majors. You take the abats. So if you if you fail, if you flop, if you're not the strongest, then you learn from it. But you can't say no to the opportunity. You just can't. You'd be an asshole. You can't say, especially in I this totally town. Agree. You have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. See, that's what I got from what Joe was saying. And it's interesting you say that because when he was talking about it, he was like, I probably did it too early. I was thinking to myself, well, what are we learning from this? Mm-hmm. What is what is the, what is the what are we learning? Are we learning that, oh, we should gauge that you shouldn't be in that position? Or you just fucking do it. And if you bomb like a bitch <laughs> and eat a plate of dicks, you just got to be like, fuck. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. This is how I adjust, and and you let your ego. Your ego's got to get a good kick in the nuts every now and again. It's true. Well, I mean, you. I mean, you have to learn from it. You can't say no. Mm. I mean, if you're gonna if no. you're gonna fall on your face, then you fall on your face, and you learn from it that way. But yeah. you, and you you're gonna. That's what you gotta do. But here's the thing: you also can't be afraid of the moment. You, you, I mean, that's that's kind of the difference between stars and the people that are working and those that aren't you can't be afraid of the moment so if somebody offers you a big spot go into it even if you're nervous even if you're concerned even if you're like oh i don't think this audience is going to appreciate me my girlfriend gives me the best advice when i'm after i bomb she's always like fuck it lean into it go hard she's like instead of don't get self-conscious lean into it embrace where you are and it's kind of you know and make it work for you even if they're not receptive to it they'll feel your fear so you've got to just lean into it and even if they're not laughing do the best show you possibly can that's how you have to do it you can't be afraid of the moment you know it's get it's definitely it's that's good advice for life it really is in almost every situation where you can fail it really is because you either have the choice to say oh i suck so i should quit right or you say i'm not doing great but if I keep doing this, I'm going to do better right. and I won't have to feel this way in the future and I'll be more resilient. Well, and I love that. It's true. And I mean, trust me, after every show where I don't do well, I feel like quitting. I'm like, why am I doing this? This bullshit, blah, 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 blah. But I go back to this. <laughs> but I go back to this baseball. I go back to the baseball analogy where, um, you know, baseball, you if you only fail 70 percent of the time, you will be. A multi-millionaire in no time like you can you only have to get a hit basically 26 percent of the time to be maybe 27 percent of the time to be a millionaire so think and i mean i remember playing baseball i would strike out and i'd feel like a complete asshole these guys strike out all the time they fly out they ground out all this shit all you have to do is be good 
27 to 30% of the time, and you're going to be a multimillionaire. Now, obviously, that's baseball because it's really hard, but think about it. You just got to keep taking your bats. You got to keep getting up, looking at pitches, swinging, and you're not always going to get a hit, but the times you do are going to be awesome. And if you do it enough, you're going to be fucking rich. I wonder if that makes a unique type of sportsman because they know that they're the very best at it, yeah. yet even that being said, they they have no choice at the very peak of the human experience of like physical prowess and everything that it takes to be a, a baseball player. Right. You 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 know, and I'm English, so what the <laughs> fuck am I doing talking about baseball? But of course. you started this. I know it's my fault. But the fact that it's it's seventy percent failure. Right. You know, am I like it and it and it's this is a terrible comparison, but like I work at a bar. Mm-hmm. Imagine if seventy percent of the drinks I poured just fell all over the ground. I I think like so. even at that stupid level of like work. <laughs> no offense to other bartenders out there, but we don't need to be geniuses to do this. No, it you would you would just be like, I gotta quit this. I am fucking no good. Of course, this I am not good at doing this. Absolutely, but yeah, they they have to suck it up. They and have keep to. going. I wonder if that makes a unique type of strength within them because basketball players don't really get that i guess they miss a lot of shots no you can't miss that fucking, many in basketball no well they're dunking all the goddamn time they don't miss those right you know probably well, well what's the odds for three throws what are they called Th- free yeah free no, throws three pointer free, free throws three pointer well shots. there's free throws and there's three pointers yeah there's both that's what i meant uh, further away ones um, they they're not hitting those very often you want to if you're hitting 40 percent of your three three-pointers you're one of the best in the league oh so th- then it's kind of similar to baseball mm-hmm. then probably, probably l- okay l- so they, they got to deal with slightly it. less margin for error but you also take more uh-huh. you take a lot more so that's true you know you get maximum you get five at bats a game um right but uh you know in basketball i mean shit kobe took eight thousand shots per quarter so <laughs> you know right well, we're getting into the weeds. We are a little bit. Analogy. Sorry, guys. And, and then it or, it always ends up with some American trying to teach this uh, sport. stupid English guy that is not into sports how to figure it exactly. out. But, uh, sorry, guys. You know, I'm a UFC dude. I can't I can't have the patience for figuring out the rest of sure, sports. Sure, sure. And I work at a sports bar, so I'm com- surrounded by these like yelling lunatics all the time it's i just, just cannot get into dude, it dude i almost killed I, my- I almost killed myself on sunday it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> i was like i can't care any less about this <laughs> there were a lot of games on oh for sure God. yep a lot of games it was it was uh it was distracting but, it was distracting but yeah so the, one one thing they 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 got into and this is this is another thing i really liked on in their conversation between Joe and Bill because they talked about how the one route really to superstardom for comedy was the Tonight Show. Right? Yeah, we talked about this. Joe talks about this. This is pretty well known. And then they talk about how Stephen Wright got on there, and I love that guy. I do too. I love him. He's, He's so best. good. He got on. He blew up, and then there was a shit ton of resentment around it because now he's like a national star and everyone else that knew him and worked with him is like hey he's no better than me and blah 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 and i and i wonder i think today the times have changed i think joe has really helped out with that he's created this like 
this idea of like look there's abundance we can all help each other you can all come on each other's podcast everyone can be famous right. there's not just one route you know push your social media you can sell tickets it's all good everyone can be famous but there is a little bit of something like that right so mm-hmm. imagine if you're on a show you're performing at the comedy store which you do and then like a newer kid comes up and you know maybe he's pretty good but doesn't quite hit it like you do and all of a sudden you hear that he went out to new york for two weeks and now he's on conan what do you how what do you what do you think about oh, i'd be jealous as fuck all i realistically yeah of course i would be it's I, gonna be there putting a shit ton of work and this new kid comes along and starts booking all this stuff i mean i've had this i've had this with a friend of mine um uh this person is incredibly new at it and they are blowing up. i wouldn't say blowing up but they are they're a show a night and they've only been doing it since January. And I love this person, but there's definitely the insecure part of me that's like, well, this is bullshit. But you know what? I also can't hate her because she hustles like crazy. And uh, oh, I know who I know who this yeah, person yeah, yeah. is. Right? I don't want, I don't want to mention her name because I respect the shit out of her and she deserves everything. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. But, but, she hustles. But I was, of course, Fuck I'm it. incredibly jealous because you know, but. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, realistically, yeah, I get well, jealous. Well, it's your fault. You're you're not good looking enough. Clearly, that's the problem. <laughs> I look like the elephant. But no, man. I know what you. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. And oh, dude, there's someone using a fucking chainsaw. I hear it outside. I hear it. Ah, oh, god damn, wanna... guys, I'm so sorry. Let me try and close the window here. Hold sure. on. All right, we'll try and edit that out, or I'll go down and murder him in a minute. Murder. I oh, vote fuck. murder. Okay, murder it is. Murder it murder is. Murder it is. Yeah, but, I, I, you know, I hmm, I think it all will even out, though, in the sense of, like, look, you've just got to be good. And, you, you know, do. if you're performing that much, you get good, too. And, yeah, there's a little bit of, like, show-wise. I mean, L.A. doesn't do it a ton, but I heard that New York is doing a lot more of these like making sure every show is like perfectly diverse right so I mean, you know there's gonna be some advantages in different directions but the key really has to be just to encourage everyone to do their best and be cool with people that's it you know 100%. i mean look that jealousy's yeah a little bit of it is there but like it's like well good for you then and like shit maybe i should just fucking get focused and get my shit together maybe they just are working harder and sitting around moaning about it is like you know it's very natural and it's very common it's very normal and it makes total sense i do it but like if you and i meet up for a coffee and you're like okay this is getting on my nerves and i'm like all right well how do we change it right well shit man you know we've put on shows before we know people that do it we can fucking hammer those we can figure it out we're gonna do our own eventually Again. yeah exactly yeah. so it's all good and then when we start doing it we know these people that have done well that have been practicing a lot that are then going to be a lot better when they come on a show that we perform right and you know, all those things are it's all good right it just is it just is good but it makes sense it makes sense that people were upset with Stephen Wright if there was one route if there was one road and it was, and it was just that. through the tonight show that makes it a lot harder it does for sure 
It does, man. That that's a lot harder to kind of you know set up and and to deal with. Anyway, so that that's his podcast. The conversation was great. I really enjoyed having Bill Burr on. I mean, shit, I'm giving that a nine out of ten just because I'm such a fan of Cal. Oh yeah, I loved easy, it. easy. I love easy nine out of ten. Yeah, come on, legend. So let's get to what we're here for. Yes. Special edition. Bill Burr's comedy special. If you haven't listened to it and you're a fan of comedy, even if you don't like Bill all that much, which I don't see how you could do both of those things, but <laughs> you have to watch it. It's. I think it's his best one. I really do. I think it's his best. I sure fucking special. loved it. That's for sure. He cracked my it's, shit up. You know. Yeah. You know what? And, I, and this is why I think it worked so well because you uh, you brought up. Well, you brought it up in our pre-show talk. It had um, it's more. It was far more well received than Chappelle's. Uh, it's what it seems yeah. like. I mean, at least with the media that was mm-hmm. like getting on Chappelle's case. I mean, you can't say better received with the audience because Rotten Tomatoes has shown that the audience fucking loved Dave Chappelle's shit. Right, of they, course. But the critics didn't seem to be able to go at Bill as hard is they attempted to go mm-hmm. at Chappelle and failed miserably. Right. Which I love. Well, I feel like Bill, in a way, presented himself in this kind of strange roundabout way as more of an ally in this strange... Stra- and I can't even quite articulate why I think that. And then he ended on a very introspective note talking about his dog and everything. Um, which just fucking slayed me. I mean, because here's the toughest guy in comedy. We're one of the toughest guys. Just a fucking Brillo pad of a man in terms of how abrasive he is. And he's getting introspective. And he's talking about, you know, why? where does this come from? And that's basically the whole crux of the whole damn show. Is like, where does all of his angst and anger come from? And things like that. And I thought it was a really... Um, clever way of the way he went about it and how he talked about it but he's also kind of one of these old school comedians that just kind of makes fun of everything and he finds something to make fun of with everything when he was talking about feminists and you know i was like oh boy here we go and then he was talking about you know we'll have a woman president one day and people like whoa he's like you don't even know what their platform is you know he just screams it out and and it it was true it was like you have no idea what they stand for and and so it was this and then he went to the other end of things um and he even made fun of the other side of things and so i feel like he was a kind of this equal opportunity just makes fun of the stupid parts of every movement of every section of life and he didn't have to be ted talky i feel like at a certain point everybody expected every goddamn comedy special to simply be a ted talk and to simply be like here's your lesson for life from a comedian today and i think he was like no that's not what i do i'm just funny and i take and i make funny shit and there's truth in it because comedy is truth but i'm not trying to like I'm not trying to save the planet or anything. I'm making dick and fart jokes. I mean, that's how he opens the show. He goes, thanks for coming out for my dick and fart jokes, you know? So I feel yeah. I feel like his entire approach is just like, you're not expecting much from me, so here we go. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, and he just always has that feel that he's like a fucking factory worker. Like, you could be in the lunchroom. Dude, I worked at um, a factory when I was younger in England at Honda. 
right? Yeah. In Swindon, I worked at a plant. Sure, sure. And, you know, multiple shifts, and that it's fucking guys, guys. This is like as blue collar as it gets. And there were people in the lunchroom that would like rant similar to this mm-hmm. and they were funny as funny. fuck and i even as kids uh, like younger i remember thinking jesus christ like how do you make a person like that their confidence their opinion like i would never even attempt to like challenge some of the shit that they say but some of it was just hilarious now obviously they're not doing stand-up they just like that's that guy and bill burr just he fits it so well i love the flow on this comedy special everything worked into each other and and oftentimes comedians will do that as like just a good way to kind of remember where they are but the the most important thing with it is like this was a very polished version of whatever it started out as and people need to remember they they just have to if ever you want to criticize comedy if you watch bills one and you're like, see, this is how these points need to be made. I wasn't super offended by this. And he tackled the cancel mm-hmm. culture and, you know, it worked out. Yeah, but this took him like a year and a half. Sure. And I promise you, there were plenty of sets before this that when he was working this material out that it was way more racy, that it was way more like hitting people because you got to find out where the bits are. Like I saw him twice in the comedy store right. doing 25 minute um sets uh within the last year so parts of this last uh um special was was on there and i'm trying to think of the of the bits that i remember him doing um i guess there's no point like saying them out because i this i don't want any spoilers on this one but right. um yeah i mean i i've heard the development and they they one of them was very similar so it was like more finished back then another one is like changed almost completely i barely recognized it right and it's so much better it's so much smoother but i mean even the best people they're not they're not sitting in a basement or a studio somewhere with the rest of their band writing a rock song exactly like he has to get a good workshop hit it. the stage yeah and it and it's going to get ugly for a while it's going to get real ugly before he's able to like make it crisp like this 100 i love what he did with it no i thought it was really i was i listened to it on my way home from work like late friday night i was listening to most of it then and i was damn near in tears listening to some of this shit because it was so fucking funny he was killing me he was just slaying me uh, i loved it yeah it was he's so it, fucking angry me, he's like a ha- but he's like a happier in on the joke lewis black to me i loved it mm. Well, he's he's like laughing at he's laughing. how angry he gets, yeah, he, uh, that, which I enjoy. And I feel like that's a big part of it. It's like he's just enjoying it with you. He's like, isn't this ridiculous? Isn't this the dumbest fucking shit you ever heard? You know, kind of thing. He was having a good time. He's having a great time. Sure. He's having a great time. He was time. having a really good time. What What did you think of the move to do it in the, in the what did he do at the Prince Albert Hall? Yeah. That's like, do, I mean, to do it in England... And I've heard him talk about it. I mean, there is awesome because, you know, Bill is into music, mm-hmm. plays the drums, big fan of that. And, uh, you know, that place is notorious for like some just amazing, you know, intimate ish concerts and, you know, great people have performed there. So maybe, maybe that's part of it. But, right. but making the, the jump out there, I mean, especially, I think, is such a big thing to put on. I, I I just think it was ballsy as 
fuck to go over there and do that, to be honest. Actually, I thought it was quite brilliant how he approached it. Just simply, you know, he could kind of, you know, go over to our neighbor on the pond, over the pond, and then talk about, like, do you see how insane we fucking are? Do you see how stupid we are? And I just thought it was kind of like, I, I don't know, just the the simple perspective of, look at this shit worked as opposed to because it was a it was a instead of being in the heart of the beast and the belly of it going look at how dumb we are he's like it was like a buddy like pointing at like two raccoons fighting in the street and like look at those fucking idiots i don't know i don't know why that perspective matters and made it different but it did for me and i fucking loved it no you're right that's exactly what he did with it yeah. that's genius yeah he he was able to make fun of americans a little bit more without being polarizing like if he exactly. if he was performing in america right he would have had to have gone to probably like a more conservative state to get 100 as much of the audience behind him whereas if he just went to england which is you know there's people over there oftentimes you know we're pretty liberal mm-hmm. but we're not americans right you're not americans. so we can laugh at the other liberal americans that are getting all worked up and snowflakey or whatever they call right. it you got no vested that, interest in how we feel about shit you don't care that's a fucking genius dude what a genius come on i know right i mean i don't even know if that's why he did it but that's how i perceived it and i thought it was really i thought it was really smart yeah it makes a lot of sense well it just seems like such a big gamble otherwise right um you know, I I don't know. I don't want to like take anything away from what the Brits would understand or get. But I mean, he has a very Americanized comedy style, right? And and you know, he wasn't dumbing down the way that he describes things in a in an American way. I did like that uh, when he called out some Brits for being fat. I thought that was funny. oh, that was hysterical. That was a fucking great. Yeah, it wasn't a bit like or something like a. How do you describe Americans? And he's like, hey, you know, some of you are fat too. <laughs> yeah, you're not so skinny yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, just, exactly. It was just great. It was really, really well done. And there was a really good heckler bit in there. And I don't oh, want to give that great. away at all. But it was so nice how he handled it. Because, um, and I watched that back a mm-hmm. few times. He gives a really... Like, he even describes why the person thought that way. Yep. And almost did it in a way to be like, it's not really your fault that you even just said this. Right. But you're still an asshole. Yeah. And that was that was fucking Completely. just genius. It was the bit about rough sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. It, it, it was yeah. funny not to give anything away, but the person was like, jumped the gun on what they thought the bit was going to be. And the whole bit was... Completely contrary to what this guy thought, what this person yelled out about. So it was like it was quite funny. So he could rage on him because like, you have no f- fucking clue what I'm about to say. You have no fucking clue, kind of thing. See, it's just in your head. This is how it is. This is how you interpret it. It's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you definitely gave it away there, but yeah, but I didn't tell you the joke. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the I look. It's interesting how both Chappelle and uh, Bill had, like, not a heckler bit. I guess Chappelle didn't. He just had that phone ring. Right. But, like, it just goes to show that even under the best circumstances with the best people, 
under the like i'm sure they tell them at the beginning look we're fucking filming this there's still yeah. fuck-ups and there's still idiots that call out now not to name names but the show that you did last thursday we brought somebody along that we work with yep. who may or may not have <laughs> drank too much yeah. and may or may not turn into a fucking jekyll and hyde when he drinks Ooh. and he knows that we like to perform stand-up around the la area exactly and also that heckling at all calling out really in any way is super fucking annoying right and super disrespectful like it just is sometimes a comedian will pull off some shit and it's fun but it's it really throws people off and it's super unnecessary mm -hmm. and it doesn't really help or add to anything and this fucking guy knows us and did it what i think three times minimum <sighs> that was not even the worst thing you did all night <laughs> oh jeez i know right yeah does he listen to I, this he doesn't listen to this does he i don't care I don't either. if he did maybe he'll learn yeah, he'll kill us he should you know what i'm gonna have him download this one <laughs> go tell him right now but it it just is interesting and i remember talking to him and i was like dude don't say another fucking word yeah. like let him just do their thing and he turned around and he was like no man it's okay i'm making it better and i'm like no you're just drunk yep and that's annoying yeah you know, I don't. I don't think you get many sober hecklers. Generally. It's generally not. People don't have the. If, nah. if you do, they're bipolar. Mm. I had a guy's cell phone go off um, in the middle of my set, and then, and so I did like a little bit with him. Um, this was like my comedy store set um, from like two, three weeks ago, something like. No, it was like a month and a half ago, and um, yeah, a guy's cell phone went off, and I did a little bit there, and then these other fucking bitches in the front row were like talking, and they were. I mean, they weren't talking loudly, but they were loud enough that I could hear them, and it throws me off. And I was like, well, I can't just make my entire show, because I have limited time in these shows. You know, you only get so long for your set, and I'm, I time it out, because, you know, stage time is money. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's important. So I can't just... It's precious. Can't, it's precious. I can't take every, you know, every five seconds to call somebody out. So I let it go completely through me completely through me and if i had more time it probably wouldn't have thrown me because i would have just stopped him and like oh what do you got what, what are you talking about guys what's so what's so important that you paid all this money and got all these drinks that you're gonna now talk through the show that you paid for what's so important <laughs> like i would love to hear it i would just love to enlighten us like the guy's cell phone went off I, it was his alarm it wasn't a phone call but if it was a phone call i was fully prepared in that moment to take that phone from him answer the phone on stage and then just be like i'll just throw it. whatever i was just talking about raccoons fucking it's not important let's let's do this you know and it might have completely blown up in my face but i was like i'm gonna do this but once i was into my set i was like well i can't i can't give up precious equity now just to make these stupid bitches look bad yeah you know it will and and here's the thing like like it's like a harsh way of referring kind of to the audience but they you become a different thing when you interrupt that time completely it's so precious to the person trying to perform and trying to get that stuff out that anything you do to fuck that up makes you a bit of a cunt it makes you right all and it's cunt. and it's yeah it's brutal to say it because you're probably not you're just it's bad timing but like god i wish people understood i do too you know and not to say that you never want another heckler ever to do anything look man it's it's as important as anything it's like it really is in some ways like it's part and parcel and it's 
as important as bombing, though no comic wants to bomb. In the same way, no comic wants a heckler. But you only get better at dealing with it and finding that beauty and, like, get stronger through the whole process when you experience both of those things. But I'm not going to be the one that does it. Right. And I don't think anyone else you bring to a show should. And you just leave it to the random idiots. Like, it's up to them. Let them do it. And you can just kind of, you know, it's one of those. It's... Yeah, I, I found that interesting, though, that, that we had both of that happen. Yeah, I know. Well, um, you know, and that's really interesting, going back to the specials, Chappelle and Bill Burr, um, they filmed those over two nights. So there's two nights in a row, and they filmed both, and they spliced the performances together. So they looked at both performances and decided that moment was good enough to put in the special, that that was important enough. I get it with the Bill Burr thing. Chappelle's cell phone, I didn't really feel like it added anything. In fact, I felt like it kind of interrupted the flow of the show, which surprised me. I was like, why would they keep that in? Like, they're filming over two nights. I like the Bill Burr shit because I thought it completely um, illustrated his point. The Chappelle stuff, I was like, eh, why is this in here? Yeah, that was kind of odd. I guess maybe it's just kind of fun that he Could be. was able to make something funny out of a random crowd work little yeah. bit. You know, I mean, but you're right. It didn't. It didn't seem to add too much. Exactly. Uh, in the, but some of my best, my favorite, I know from my Jezelnex uh, um, thoughts and prayers when he got into the audience and this lady was like laughing crazy and he was like, "What do you do?" And she's like, "Disabled." And he goes, "Yeah, we know." <laughs> and it's just like the, I mean that. When he went in the audience on on that one, it was brilliant, and it was a good amount of time. So I see why they they like to get into it. But God, you can go into the weeds. The something I know that Bill took out of his, he had this bit on the troops, which I've heard him do twice, mm. and it is very funny. It's very very funny. It's very well crafted, and it's like it's it's the same type of thing. It's like kind of controversial, right? And, and not to give anything away, but he like talks about like. Hey, I'm not saluting all of you. Just the ones that were like on the front line. If you're doing accounting, like you don't get the. And it, but it was like it's still respectful. It's not like being anti-troops. It's a bit. Well, one of the there's Operation Comedy. Mm. Have you heard of that at the comedy store? No. What, uh, what's his name? Damn it! Who does that? I should remember his name. I feel bad that I don't now. Uh, but anyway, it's and and they give money to the troops, and he was an ex-marine and now does comedy, and Bill does that show. And he did it on that show. Right. So that's how I knew that it was like, okay, this is well-crafted and very funny. But I guess when he did it in England, uh-huh. both nights, it was right after some sort of military issue that they had abroad. Oh, and it, it Well, it didn't work. Yeah. You got to know. It did not work. Yeah, so he took it out. He took the whole bit Makes out. Makes sense. And, and he even actually made a reference to it during the special. And see so if you can spot that because he's talking about something – Oh, when he calls everyone out, he makes a good point, and it's very funny, but there's not a huge amount of laughter. And he goes, that's okay. You don't need to laugh. That's right, yeah. You just laugh at what you want. Just sit back. I mean, you know, sometimes things don't work, like a bit about the troops. He just throws that in. That's right. Because he already knew. That's right. He already knew that it didn't. That's right. He's very aware up on that stage. Yeah. Yeah, he's very, very clued in, and I like that. I like that a lot. He's a smart motherfucker. Yeah. So, how did you feel about this compared to? Do you remember much of his other ones? Bill's last one, he did the whole bit about like leaving the city in the helicopter, getting the fuck out of there. Yeah, I vaguely um, remember it. I, I do. This has been one of my favorites of his. 
for sure. It really it's was been a good. while since yeah. I've, I've watched one of his specials, just cause, especially because when I started doing stand-up, I actually started watching less stand-up because I didn't want to influence my own bits, like, which is right. a really weird thing because I was such a student of stand-up comedy for so long. But once I really started doing it, I was like, ah, I don't want to fuck with my own bits. I don't want to. Because I found myself writing jokes. And then I was like, Jim Jeffries has already done that. And I didn't even remember. But it was just in my brain. So it's been a while. But I did. I do know that this was probably one of my favorites. And I've seen him on. And here's the weird thing, too. I've seen him on Conan so much. And like, and then on Rogan and other shows. So it it blurs what's been in his specials and what I've just seen him talk about. Like on Conan or on other talk shows and stuff like that, that I forget which is where. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, what was interesting about that special, and I think I think um, that same year Rogan's special was called Triggered. Uh huh. Right. So so the new one is called Strange Times, and then you know Bill's new one. Um, pa- shit, what is Bill's paper, one called? Paper Trail. Right. Paper Paper something. Was it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so but I paper think tiger. what it was paper is like tiger. that's it. Paper t- tiger, tiger, paper tiger. <laughs> that I think that in the same way it was like triggered was good, you know, was good, mm-hmm. and so was Bill's last one. I mean, definitely like way better than anything I'm gonna fucking ever do. But it didn't hit me. It didn't hit me with something big. And Joe's last one, mm-hmm. Strange Times, and and this one from Bill, the Paper Tiger, is like, it really hit me this time. They were yeah. both that much funnier. And is it to say, oh, they're getting funnier? No, I think there was just more passionate shit to talk about. I think as a nation, we're getting more like frustrated about these these things happening around us. I think so everyone's feeling the tension right and we needed it released you know whereas before he's talking about leaving the city in a helicopter and joe's talking about having too many girls at his house so it's all getting feminine Mm -hmm. and you know somebody you know like a woman protecting the president and it just wasn't it it didn't have the tension that these ones had and these guys have just been so great at like really releasing that and just hammering it in right um yeah, Bills was very special, and it was great timing after Chappelle's too. I think they go, they go really strong together. I think so. And, I and agree. I love that. Yeah, loved it. Anyway, fucking watch it, folks. Yeah, it's fucking it's great, guys. Amazing. It's so good. Message us. Let us know what you think about it. What you liked. Uh, maybe even what you didn't like. I mean, you just let us know, yeah, and then uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk the, about it on the next podcast if you. Yeah, yeah. The the link is in the the bio for the email, and then also follow us on the Joe Rogan Experience Review on Instagram. That's a good place to hit us up and say hi. And as always, from Mark and I, thanks for listening to this special episode, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Cheers, fellas.